Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a View from the Bullens podcast. Listen to all the news, views and inside track from Goodison Park. This is a View from the Bullens podcast, sponsored by the Beer Keller, Liverpool One. Ramerson forward. Rooney, it's to control. Bounces his chances. Oh, brilliant goal! A brilliant goal! Remember the name, Wayne Rooney! Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the second episode of Remember the Name, a show brought to you by a view from the Bullens exclusive on Patreon. My name is Ian Mills, joined by founder, one of the founders of the Bullens podcast, Lee McLean, and also Matt Smith, known as Tactically Matt over on, on Twitter. I did unfortunately give him a, a different surname last week, so if he wants to have a free shot at me, Matt, this week, anything but Rafa is fair game. Have <laughs> you know? Have you noticed on the poll over on the Bullens view? Um, you decide what we speak about. The only interactive Everton podcast out there. You were given four four subjects of a topic. The topic being homegrown blues. Uh, the Bullens' own Michael Ball was up for grabs. Ross Barkley was up for grabs. Francis Jeffers was up for grabs. But the majority of you voted in numbers. You want us to talk about, remember the name, Wayne Rooney. So, guys, we're going to talk about Wayne Rooney's Everton career. Um, the little bit in the middle, the first part, the away end part, the second part. We'll talk about his legacy. But, Lee, really good chance to bring you in. Uh, me and you are not ashamed of our age. We're older than Matt, <laughs> so we can maybe talk about this a bit more. Before yeah. we've seen Wayne Rooney, I think it's fair to say, We'd heard about him, haven't we? Yeah. Everyone in and around the club, if you're, t- I cannot believe it's 20 years ago now. Now I do feel old. Wow. Um, but I take myself back to yet around 2002. Um, and just around the club, you just kept hearing this name. Oh, there's this kid in the reserves. He's unbelievable. He used to yeah. play for the Coppel House. Uh, if you remember, he played for the Coppel House, but it's no longer there. It's in Aldi now. Um, but he used to tear it up. I think he used to score like 100 plus goals a season. Um, and as I like, keep an eye out for this lad, he's going to be ridiculous. He's going to be something special. Um, and obviously, the rest is history. Um, it, and that's exactly what happened in the end. Uh, obviously, I don't want to go too much into 
what happened next. But in terms of the noise, you couldn't miss it. Um, there's not been anything like it before or since. Um, how many times have you heard, oh, we've got this great fella in the youth team. He's going to be yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Doesn't quite turn out that way. This was like really, really definitive. Um, there was other other managers um, across the English the game in, in England making comments on it. Um, and it was only really a matter of time. And, and he was only like 15 uh, when noises first started going around. Uh, and, and you're thinking, OK, 15, you're probably going to be waiting three, four years before you see the best of this lad, whoever he is. Um, but it, it didn't turn out that way. There was such a clamour and such a noise to get him involved quickly. David Moyes almost was left with, with no option but to bring him in. And wow, what we saw after that, I'll go into more detail later, but just wow. Yeah, I, I think for me, I remember... I remember Soccer AM sort of highlighting a couple of goals at White Hart Lane for the youth team. Uh, one was like a, a turn and a, and a great finish. One was a, like a free kick from yards out. And I was thinking, God, is, is this the lad that I'm hearing about? Is that him? Because if so, back then, we're, t- we're talking 2002, YouTube and social media, videos like that weren't readily available like they are now. So, so I remember seeing that on, on Soccer AM. And, and then I remember the Youth Cup final, Lee, I think we played Aston Villa. I think it was over two legs, and he, and he, and he scored right. a good scored a good and he had that um once a blue, always a blue. That the, the came the back vet, to haunt him a little bit. It, it absolutely <laughs> did came back to haunt him, and we'll get to that. But I remember watching those two games, and and I think looking back in in, in hindsight, I I didn't realize how good he was. And then in pre season, I, I think we had a tour up in Scotland, and he was banging him in against a few goals. And if you remember, Lee spares at home. He started, and he, as a 16-year-old, he just didn't look out of place. And what came with that was just excitement. Can you remember, in particular, the excitement that came with him at that period in, in 2002? Well, yeah, if you think about it, the club had been through, obviously, the, the Walter Smith era. Pretty, pretty dark times, looking back. Not really much to get excited about at the club. Um, and I, as I say, there was such a clamour, uh, and, and his name had been banded around about so widely that everyone just couldn't wait to see him. And then obviously when you did see him coming on the pitch and you think, hang on, he's, he's, he's 16. Now I'm looking at myself at age 19 at the time and, and he was built he was built heavier than me. He just looked like a man ready to come in, pure built, a street player. He's been described before and since as a, as a street footballer and that's exactly what he was. He was streetwise, um, came in, ultimate confidence. I think he's been quoted on record as saying since that um, he knew he was the best player on the pitch and when he started training with Everton and he was looking around and there was David Weir there, Richard Goff, um, Kevin Campbell, Duncan Ferguson, he was like instantly I knew I was the best player on that training field um, and, and, he, and he had the confidence to show it. Uh, there was no sort of holding back uh, or respect for his elders, shall we say. There was, there was none of that uh, and I remember being lucky enough and, and, and I mean, you did. You don't realise that you're witnessing history until 20 years down the line. But I don't know if you were there, Mills, but I, I was there at Wrexham away. And that was, was his, yeah, his first two top flight goals, as I remember. Um, I think Kevin Campbell put us 1-0 up. We won 3-0 on the night. It was yeah, a league yeah. cup. Um, and um, what I, I, we were all just looking at each other in that away and going, what the hell have we got here? Yeah. We'd not seen anything you know, of, of, his, of his type before um, and we've never seen anything like it since and I've, I've seen some great players I've, I, my mum used to have an apartment over in Spain 
she only sold it during lockdown. So for about seven years, I used to go over with my dad and my uncles, my cousins to watch Malaga play either Real or Barcelona uh, when right. they came down. And I've, so I've seen Messi live. And wow. he, of course, he, of course, is the best player I've seen by, by a long shot. Obviously, he's the best player probably the world's ever seen. But apart from him, Wayne Rooney at that time. So Wayne Rooney between 2002 and 2004 at Everton is the best football player I've ever seen. He's just the most complete, rounded player. He could have played right back. He could have played left back. Yeah. He could have played centre back. And he'd have been the best right back in the country. He'd have been the best centre back. He was just a footballer. Um, but obviously his, his gifts and his talent would have been wasted playing in those positions. Um, he obviously goes on to break all sorts of records, but for the for the all too short period that we had him at that very at the start, um, it was incredible. And it's just such a shame that we weren't in a position as a club to retain his talent and match his ambition. Um, because he was he was there's there's world there's levels, there's good footballers there's very good footballers there's world class he was in that upper echelon of the world class when you, you, you're putting in the brackets of Messi Ronaldo Wayne Rooney for a, for a period was in the same bracket as them without question yeah no I, I cannot argue with, with, with any of that um, I think Matt it's probably a, a good time to bring you in what I do want to do with, with, with Lee is probably focus more on the, the initial part of the, the first era of, of his Everton career but Again, me and Lee are unashamedly a lot older than you. Lee said that he was he was nineteen. I, I was seventeen when uh, Wayne Rooney was breaking through. So I think me and Lee probably viewed the game a little bit differently to to someone your age, maybe six or seven at the time. But at your age back then, you, you were probably ready for the hero. What, what are your memories as as a, as a very young Evertonian of of Wayne Rooney playing for Everton? I mean, yeah, I think you summed it up there. It's ready for a hero. I think. You know, I was starting to play football around six or seven and that's when he was yeah. sort of coming through at Everton. And, you know, I had the Total 90 boots. They were my first boots, the same ones he had. I got my dad to take me to the hairdressers and give me a one all over. So I had the same hairstyle as him. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, it's just one of them things. Like, obviously, I brought up in with a, may not sound it, but with a Scouse family. And it's it's just one of them things you you dream of of following in the, his footsteps. And, you know, you, you know what it's like yourself. You dream when you're a kid of playing for Everton Football Club, you dream of coming on as a 16-year-old and sticking one in the top corner against Arsenal. And just to see that as a kid and just see like, wow, it's just a young lad from Liverpool. I've got a 13-year-old brother now, Scouts have grown up in Liverpool and that's all he dreams of. It's just, yeah. he's he's living, you know, the similar life to what I was where you just, you see these players coming through the ranks and like Lee touched on, you know, we haven't really seen another player like this, you know, coming through Everton, not even close, really. You know, you, you get players where, like Lee said, it's, you know, oh, he's the next big thing. But I'm fully convinced we'll never, ever get anyone on, on the calibre of Rooney. And simply because you, you come through at 16. A lot of lads, if you know, they get chucked on in a League Cup game or, a, you know, last 10 minutes of a Premier League game. And, you know, they're, they're afraid to put themselves about or, you know, they won't stand up for themselves against, you know, experienced players. But really, just he wasn't like that at all. You know, you chuck him on 16 years old and he he didn't look out of place. He wasn't scared to yeah. put his put his foot in, you know, try little niggles against people. And he was such a, a unique player. You know, I don't think we'll ever see, see anyone like it. He gets compared, you know, when people say, oh, who else have England brought through? You, you get the likes of Phil Foden, but... 
they don't have the impact that Rooney had at such a young age. Phil Foden is an excellent footballer, but the way Rooney could single-handedly, you know, um, run games at, at such a such a young age, and even Euro two thousand and four, I'm sure we'll touch on that at some point. But for such a young lad to control the game and have the whole country's hopes on him is is absolutely unheard of. And yes, it's it's a player that will, you know, I don't think we'll see a talent come through for England like that ever again. No, and I think we probably knew that at the time, which brings me back on on onto you, Lee. Tag you back in. Um, during our first season, that 2002-2003 season, there was, a, there was a few moments along the way that were just, they were just special. There was the Arsenal goal. I think that was the one where the entire country sort of said, who the hell is that? I think Arsene Wenger said after that game, he said he'd never seen a young British talent like that. Um, I remember him coming on in, in the derby around fields and hitting the bar, and they were mm-hmm. just terrified of him in a, in a nil-nil draw, and he nearly was the hero that day. And obviously, into April, he made his, his senior England debut, and Ericsson threw, threw him straight in at the stadium of light, and he was unbelievable. I think England were playing Turkey that night um, mm-hmm. in a big game. I think England had to, had to win that game. And just take yourself back. And I know it's hard in, in the time machine to go back, but in 2002, <laughs> 2003, when watching these moments, did you realise then how special this player was? Yeah. Yeah. This wasn't a talent. This wasn't a prospect. He came in as the finished article. Yeah. Millsy, it, when he came in at 16, 17, and he was the complete player, I dare say, and I, and I know I've heard a few people say this, he peaked at Everton for, for me. And maybe that sort of, I know he was playing with much, much better players when he made his move, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Mm. But in terms of just the rawness and the as a complete footballer, his touch, his power, his pace, people forget how quick he was. He was rapid across the ground in, in, in the early years. Budging past players, ultimate confidence, plucking balls out of the sky. Obviously, most famously against Arsenal when he when he yeah. really announced himself on on the scene. But I take myself back. I remember exactly where I was. I was in the Windsor pub um, on the Vale, and two of my best friends at the time were staunch Liverpoolians and like literally dying the wool reds. Actually, the ones that actually went the game, so a very rare breed. Um, <laughs> and uh, I remember having a, a a heated debate with them, shall we say? Um, during that season where Michael Owen was banging them in for, for the Reds at the time. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I've not changed since, and you still probably relate to this, but <laughs> I, I used to come up with some outlandish shouts trying to defend Everton, um, you know, when we were all saying Kadamarchi was better than Fowler and all of that. Um, and I was like, listen, we've got this lad. He's broke through this season, Wayne Rooney, and they obviously they knew who he was. And I was like, he's better than Owen. And they were like, sure, spit up McLean. It's one of your, you know, going off on one again over the top <laughs> behave yourself will you and I was like no seriously he is he's, he, you just wait until he break, breaks onto the scene for England and all of that you'll see he'll be England's first choice striker within months not within years within months he, he's incredible he's the best player of it, best football player I've ever seen because this is before Messi by the way this is before Messi broke onto the scene um, and it was one of the only times and you fast forward to after Euro 2004 when you're going and you're watching it all with your mates they sat there watching those games with me and they actually conceded. They said, listen, you're absolutely right. Wow, he's, he's, he's just ridiculous. Um, so it was it was tough to, to sort of take in what you were watching at the time. You were watching the emergence of the greatest footballer, in my opinion, England has ever seen. He's the, he's the best English football player I think that's ever played the game. 
Uh, and I know there's comparisons to Gascoigne. Obviously, he's a mercurial talent. Um, perhaps didn't get the most out of his career. Um, Wayne Rooney is a complete package, is the, is the greatest player England's ever seen and should have been the greatest player Everton had ever seen. Yeah, do, 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 again, I, I can't disagree with anything you've said there, Lee. The moments there where I, I spoke about the Arsenal game, and that's a good story there that you had where you, you, you're hanging your, your, your hat on, on your words and, you, and you're fighting with the copyrights and you're saying things. I actually, a funny story for me, that Arsenal goal, I was only 17 and I had a part-time job in the, um, the Everton Mega Store, and they used to make us leave the game about 15 minutes early. So I missed that Wayne Rooney goal because I was too busy hanging Rooney 18 shirts up as I was scoring it. <laughs> Little, you know, I, I was I left that job almost immediately after that. That season for me, um, again, I'd, I'd, I'd seen the, the Cup in 95. I'd, I'd seen some good seasons in 95, 96. I'm, I'm part of 96, 97. But that 0203 season was was really special. But the 0304 season, Lee, just to keep in with you, um, was his, his best season of the two in his first part of his Everton career. He scored nine goals, but Everton themselves, we had a really bad season. We, we finished seventeenth, and and I remember going into that summer, and and it, it wasn't so much fearing Ro- losing Rooney, but but there was a sort of. I think as a fan base, we collectively needed a reset, very similar to what we've recently gone through. Just touch upon that 3 4 season. Um, were, were you watching him improve? Were you fearing him leaving? Uh, we'll, we'll get to him leaving in a minute, but just that season, he, he gradually got better, I think. And and for me, there was a there was a sort of fear of we might only have one or two more seasons left with this lad. But were you the same in that season? Yeah, I was. Um, I remember really vividly thinking he's outgrown us here. Because um, mm. you mentioned that team in in oh three oh four that you know, that that's a bad team. That yeah. was a, that was a poor poor side. You know, I'm not going to go into detail, but you had your Mark Pembridge's, you know, mm. Carsley had only just came. Obviously, it turned out to be a good signing in the end. Mm. Uh, but a lot of aging players in there. Tobias Linderoff, you know, just yeah. just players that you, you look at it and they, they weren't fit really to share the same football pitch as Wayne Rooney. Um, but did I think we were going to lose in that summer? No. Um, but but your mind very much started turning towards we need to do something as a club to turn things around and improve quickly. Um, otherwise, we're going to risk losing them. There's no way you're going to hang on to a player of this nature unless he's just this one of a kind, like a, a Matt Letizia or a Shearer who mm. stays at Newcastle. Um, but But really, as we saw and as it developed, Wayne Rooney was too ambitious. He knew what he was. He knew what he could offer. He knew what stage he belonged on. And unfortunately, for the, at the time, Ever- Everton were just... They were, they were not even in the same... They, they weren't fit to provide a platform for a player of that quality. We, we just weren't. Mm. And the, the, the sort of... The thing that leaves a bad taste in the mouth is you fast forward maybe three or four years from that, from that point where, when Moyes really got things going. And the yeah. old adage was we were only ever a striker away from being a proper top side. Like, really, really good. You, you go through that side of 07, 08, 09. You know, Howard, Baines in his prime, Coleman, Jagiel, Lescott, Arteta, Kale, PNR, Osman. Um, you know, we, we had decent strikers. We had, you know, good strikers. Yakubu, Louis Sahar, Andy Johnson, James Beattie mm-hmm. to a lesser extent. You, but if you put Wayne Rooney in that side, you win, you're winning cups. 
and, yeah. and you're up there, you, you're regularly getting in the top four as well at that point. Easy, without question, you put Wayne Rooney. If we would have kept him, that's where we would have been. Um, but we didn't get there quick enough and he went to realise his ambitions. Um, and, and as I said, I don't want to get ahead of myself in terms of this conversation, but yeah, that's the sad thing for me. We'll get there. Matt, good, good time to, to tag you back in, my friends. You're, you're again, at this point in time, um, 2004, a younger Evertonian. You, you've already said on this episode that you, you're connected. You've got the hero. Myself and Lee are older. We're watching the game very, very differently to what you were watching. But even as a young Evertonian, was there ever any fear in you at that time that, that the hero may eventually leave? Uh, I don't think there ever was. I think... You know, I'd never sort of experienced anything like that. Like you mentioned, I kind of looked at the game a little bit differently. It wasn't as emotional. Um, and yeah, there was there was never really the the fear of him ever ever leaving. It was just, you know, when you when you're that age, it's just like, well, he's a, a young Evertonian, you know, he's he's gonna be at Everton for the rest of his life. And you know, that you obviously understand that sort of transfers happen, but realistically he'd only been at been at at the club for a a couple of years in terms of sort of first team in and around the first team. So, yeah, you'd, you'd never expect it to happen. And, yeah, I, I remember when it did happen and I was, uh, wasn't was a happy bunny, put it that way. I remember <laughs> sat in my nan's living room and it was all on sort of Sky Sports News and just bursting into tears as a little kid because you just couldn't, I couldn't believe what was happening. And, yeah, it's just one of them things, you know, as a, as a kid, you, you, you get these connections to to sort of players like that because like I've mentioned before they're living the exact dream you're trying to live yourself and you know I was playing as a kid at his at that age and yeah it wasn't wasn't nice to see but yeah you know you never really expect it to happen but yeah the the harsh reality is players like that if they're if they're going to be that good they're unfortunately going to outgrow Everton and you know like Lee's mentioned we couldn't give him the platform to be able to you know stay at Everton and fight for Champions Leagues and and things like that. So, yeah, unfortunately, for me, maybe it was it was a bit early for him to go. But you know, it's hard it's hard to say. You know, what? Why did you leave? Because you know, he had the the dreams of playing in Champions League, and you know, his his career turned out all right. To be fair to him, so yeah. Yeah, look, look, Matt. I, I do want to come back to you on on the actual leaving of Everton. I do want to speak to you about that, um, especially at, at the age you were at the time. I think you said you were around eight at the time. But Lee, for me. Um, Euro 2004 when I was watching this young Evertonian who was beaming blue colours for me the blue seemed to fade away I, w- I was watching live the, the leaving of Everton Football Club before it happens is that a mm-hmm. fair point? Yeah it is mate. I, I'm 100% with you as much as I was enjoying it and I was like wow we play for us him yeah. it was like yeah especially the season that's just gone I was like yeah that he's going to have people in his ear He's going to have the likes of your Beckhams and everyone like that saying, listen, exactly. you are exactly. ridiculous. Yeah. He had the whole world looking at him. That performance in Euro 2004, again, on that stage, was frightening. Frightening just how good he was. Um, and it was devastating. It was absolutely devastating when it happened. I remember going on holiday um, to Gran Canaria that summer and it all, all started to unfold. And yeah. you remember his... Uh, and, and you think you've just finished 17th as well and you take Wayne Rooney out that side and you think, wow, where, where, where do Everton go from here? Um, yeah. And as it happens, we bring in Mar- uh, Marcus Bent and Tim Cale and I go on and, and smash it. Um, but in terms of Rooney, you, you'd think back, I remember really vividly on holiday watching his debut against Fenerbahce for Man United. And of course, he, 
you know, he bangs in a hat trick, including a volley, a free kick, you know, another worldie. And you're thinking that there you go, there's there's the stage that we couldn't we couldn't offer you. Um, mm. And of course, at the time, I wasn't this calm and I wasn't this rational about things. I was very very angry. I was a 19 year old hot headed Gladys Street dwelling Evertonian, <laughs> thinking that he was a, he was a traitor like everybody else. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you think about it, Wayne Rooney, he's a he's a street kid from Liverpool. Um, mm. What would he have been if he wasn't a footballer? It's a short career. Um, you're talking 10, 15 years. Um, he, he's had people in his ear. He's being advised. You need to maximise your talents. I dare say one conversation with Sir Alex Ferguson, you know, as a kid of that age, would, would have been really, really difficult to ignore and turn your nose up at. Um, and, he, and he went on to win everything that, the, that you can in the game, become Man United's greatest ever goal scorer, England's greatest ever goal scorer. And of course, it's horrible to watch thinking... Yeah. You know, he's an Evertonian, he's, he's a self-professed Evertonian. I don't think he ever stopped being an Evertonian of unfair. I just think he's a, he was a kid, he was an immature kid. He was he got a lot of hate, a lot of stick. You know, Some of it perhaps justified, he didn't really give us that much time, if you're honest. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, he, he didn't have the maturity to deal with it. And that's when you see him start kissing badges and stuff like that and really, really riling people up. But I remember back at the time, I was with my ex-wife, um, a dad and my ex father in law had a box at Everton, so I was really mm. lucky. Some <laughs> um, that wasn't a deciding factor why I got rid of, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course not. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah try, uh, I keep telling myself that, but I, I, w- I was lucky enough to spend maybe four or five seasons in uh, the 1878 lounge as it was back then. Um, yeah. And the season after he left, Wayne Senior and Jeanette, his mum and dad, and Colleen regularly were in the lounge they still came to watch Everton they, they were still avid Everton fans coming to watch all the games mm-hmm. um, and one thing I remember as well just I know this is a little bit off topic is we all used to look at his dad Wayne Senior and go you can tell as soon as this kid retires that's what he's going to become <laughs> he, 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 he's never been a Ronaldo he's never he's not like this machine built for football he, he was you yeah. could tell he had to fight with his weight I think he did on a couple of occasions coming back for pre-season with Everton and Man United but um, you could tell he wasn't going to have that sort of longevity of a Ryan Giggs or a Ronaldo or a Messi because um, he was such an explosive footballer. He was like a little boxer. Um, and I think that's what happened. I think he peaked maybe around 2008, 2009. Um, yeah. And it wasn't quite the same after that. And that's maybe why he doesn't get put in the same bracket as the people I've just mentioned. But yeah, it was it was inevitable year of 2004. I think everyone concedes that. Um, and it was just a shame, as I say, that we couldn't keep hold of him. Yeah, and for people listening now who are, who are maybe, you know, in 2004, it wasn't as clear to them, you know, you know, looking back. I think the big one for me was those, in hindsight now, Rooney's came out on, on certain shows. I think he's on the Tony Bellew podcast and he, he he said that at the time Everton were trying to tout him round and, and, and that in turn got him angry and he wrote a transfer request on a piece of paper at Belfield. He was that angry. And he told the club that he, he would only go to Manchester United, forget about selling him to Chelsea. But back then in 2004, that was not that was not readily available to us. We just we just sort of seen him leaving. If you remember the West Brom game, a couple of games in, there was um they, they were chanting against the, the Gladys Street were chanting against him. Now he was injured from the Euro 2004, and the Gladys Street were chanting songs against Rooney whilst he was still here. I think he publicly put a transfer request in. Mm-hmm. It was. It just felt to me that it was a horrible way 
for that first part of his Everton career to end. It really hurt me, and it felt like it probably, because of what he said since, hurt him. But again, at the time, we only seen we only seen the club's version of events, didn't we? Yeah, we did, we did, and you, you're never really privy to the, the full picture. Um, you know, fo- football's it, it's very insular, and Everton's always been very insular. Um, and, you, and you don't always get the full picture, I'm afraid. Um, and that that's not just the case for Wayne Rooney. There's been a, you know, you, you think of the late great uh, Gary Speed, who we all miss so much. Um, you know, the, the the nature of his departure was completely mis misrepresented. Um, you know, he took a lot of stick for for a number of years because the true true picture of that didn't come out, and it and it probably never will. Um, you know, the same with you know Borley. You know, Everton needed the money. Uh, you know, but, but at the time, um, but as a as a young naive fan, you're thinking, oh, you're an Everton fan, you're a local lad, and you and you yeah. you're leaving. Um, you know, ultimately, the club, if they think it's in their best interest financially, they will act uh, and they will try and push things internally. Um, so yeah, we we only got to see the back end of it, didn't we? Um, yeah. and yeah. you know, Wayne got the he got he got the abuse. Um, and 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 he he responded to it in the, the only way he knew. How um, that was to leave. He, he was very, very single-minded. Um, again, confident in his ability, and is is he did all his talking on a football pitch. Um, and you know, we were on the receiving end of it a couple of times early on in his Man United career, and he and he mm. took great pride in shoving it down our our throats because that was the only way he knew. Uh, obviously, he matured a lot in the in the back end of his career, and he did a lot of work to try and repair some of that relationship that that had broken down. And in the end, I think he managed it with the vast majority of Everton. Not all of them. Not everyone's going to agree with this, but um, you know, the majority of Evertonians probably accept the reality of the situation. Um, and the, the fact is, where Everton was as a club, who Wayne, Ro- Wayne Rooney was as a player, at that time, it just wasn't... It, it didn't fit. It wasn't a match. Um, it's just a, a huge shame. As I say, we could have had a time machine and fast-forwarded four years, I think, I think he would have looked at that side and thought, "Yeah, actually, have a lot, you know, a lot more talent uh, and ability." Um, and he probably would have thought, "Yeah, I'll give this a go. I'll stick this, stick around." You know, if he'd have won an FA Cup or two or a League Cup or whatever, he's, and he's he's with his homegrown club, maybe that would have been enough. We'll never know. Unfortunately, it's just one of them that we uh, put down to history. But uh, nothing can take away the fact that he he was a product of Everton Football Club of Colin Harvey. Um, you know, he, he started. We we give him the launch pad. Um, and ultimately, um, yeah, launched them into the probably the greatest career of any English footballer that we've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, Matt. It's a it's a good time to to come back to you again. Again, I said there on a previous question to yourself, I did want to ask you again about your your reaction when when, when Wayne Rooney did leave. Um, the reason I asked that is is because I remember when I was around your age at the time, eight nine. I remember I had to be sat down and be told that Tony Cotty was being sold and with all due respect to Tony Cotty there's, there's a different calibre of player but it was my hero at the time and I was upset as, as a young Everton I was really really upset and, and, and I, I took that into school I took that I, I had lots of anger and, and, and resentment towards how this was happening was it the same for you you've said there you were watching Sky Sports News at the family's house and, and you've seen him at Old Trafford was it was it upsetting for you? Was it were you, were you angry as young Evertonian? Yeah, it was, it was more upset upset than anger. And you know, like I've, like I've already mentioned, you know, you dream of of following in his footsteps. And for me, 
I know it's different when you're in their shoes, but for me, if I came through the academy at Everton, I'd like to think I'd never want to leave, like especially just a couple of years after you've made your debut. So it was one of them things as a sort of eight-year-old kid, I just couldn't wrap my head around and it took me a, a long time to wrap my head around and and then you see him playing for United and you just again you're just still gutted and see him scoring goals on his Champions League debut and you don't think about it at that age going oh no he's doing well for himself you know he's made the right decision he's playing on the biggest stage you just think why is he not doing this for Everton Football Club and yeah it, it was it was more emotion, emotional than anger at that time and obviously a few years go by and things change and you know I grow up and you know he, like like Lee's mentioned he he did some things which probably he's, he's probably not too proud of and you know the kissing the badge and things like that and in the heat of the moment like you, like Lee said he, it's just one of them things to get back at Everton fans and stuff and did that, did yeah. that make you hate did that make you hate him that's, a, that's an interesting question because again I'm older so I was angry anyway so you've you've said there that you've you've started this really not being out and by being upset when when he's coming back his, his first game back was an FA Cup game and I think he was arguing with sponsors and it was a really bad atmosphere um, a few years later he scored a goal and kissed the badge I think at Old Trafford he over celebrated United scoring by going to the mm-hmm. away end even when it wasn't him so was this then maybe emotionally making you more angry towards Wayne Rooney yeah, I think it did It did begin to, but, you know, when you look back at it now, you have to sort of understand that he was an emotional, passionate kid. And yeah. I think now, you know, later in, later on in his years, you know, when he was sort of when around the period he came back to Everton, you know, if he scored against an old club, it would be a lot more muted celebrations because he's matured into a different kind of player. But at the end of the day, he, you know, when he's scoring for United, he was still young. You know, when he was scoring against Everton, he was still so so young and he's still just that emotional emotional kid that loves scoring goals you know he's, he was just scoring goals for his whole childhood and you imagine every celebration was exactly the same because he was just so passionate so it's hard to tell you know a young lad, lad like that you know you can't celebrate against your old club um but yeah it was it was definitely um did develop into a bit of anger um which is obviously why a lot of fans were disappointed when he came back some were you know, buzzing. I'm sure we'll touch on that, but um, but yeah, no, it, it definitely did develop into anger. But you know, when you look back on it, like I've mentioned, is you know, you sort of begin to understand it a little bit more. Mate, I absolutely hated them. <laughs> hated them. It was just again when you're at that age, when when you're sort of eighteen, nineteen, you see the world very, very differently and you're very entitled and your football club, you're protective of, of all sorts and mm. I, I couldn't get my head around the fact that even though it makes perfect sense I couldn't get my head around you're from Croxteth, you're a scouser and you go into Man United that that never left me and then when I seen him like I've said there in the question to you Matt where he over-celebrated goals at Old Trafford when he, he ran to the away ends when he didn't score when he was arguing with sponsors at Goodison Park, when he was kissing the badge, for me, look, look, I will never ever forgive Nick Barmby. I, I think Nick Barmby is numero uno enemy. Like mm. if I, if I seen him on the pearly gates where, where my numbers called, I'd knock him off. <laughs> but Rooney was very very close at one point for me, and I was very very angry with him. And it's only now, when you're older and you look back, and you think, would I have maybe done the same? 
as a young scouser? Would I have reacted as a young scouser to young scousers golden me? Probably. But at the time, mate, I absolutely hated them. But you've, you've given us a great segue into into the return of Wayne Rooney. Uh, I think I'm, I've got no shame in saying this, Matt. Uh, Matt I, I read your articles both on the Patreon, uh, uh, View from the Bullens, and also online before you, you've done them. And the brilliance, your analysis of football is second to none, my friend. So Thank you. the first question there is the player. Take away the emotion. The player. In 2017, were we right to revisit that and bring the 32-year-old Wayne Rooney back to Everton Football Club? Well, it's a difficult one. And, um, you know, a similar situation was happening recently with Ross Barkley. And, you know, obviously they're, they're, very, they're not comparable in, in terms of player, but there was a lot of, a lot of fans who were seeing the emotional, the, the romantic side of bringing a former player back and, you know, to to revive his career and to, you know, return the favour to Everton, the faith they showed in him. And, you know, obviously, Rooney obviously wasn't the same player when he came back. And, you know, he came in a period where, you know, we were signing all these number 10s and, you know, and that's the sort of position he did play. Um, But, yeah, it's it's a very difficult one. It is a very difficult one because, you know, he still showed quality at times. And, you know, we saw... When he, um, you know, that that hat trick against West Ham sticks out um, when he scored from sort of the halfway line, and yeah. you know he still showed that he had that quality on the ball. He wasn't he wasn't the same player in terms of physicality and things like that. But you know, you I don't. It was difficult to blame Everton, I think, for go, for going back into him, going back in for him, because you know he still did have a lot of quality. He wasn't the same player, but he ha- he did have quality. So you know. He wasn't costing us anything, sort of, in terms of a transfer fee. And realistically, as, as much as he, when he returned to Everton, you know, whilst with Man United, you know, the, the kiss and the badge and over celebrating, whatever, over the years as he got mature, he, he showed signs that he was still a massive Evertonian. And you, you see it now with interviews and stuff. He talks about it. You know, he, he wouldn't have come back if he, if he didn't still love the football club because. You know, he was he was a Man United player, won everything, you know, he could have took any money to go anywhere in terms of, you know, if he wanted to go to MLS like he did eventually. But he he wanted to come back to prove, you know, he still loved the club and he still had everything to give for the club. And look, some people won't, wouldn't have been happy about it. I completely understand, you know, people like yourself were very angry at the time back in, you know, when you were younger and when he left and when he kissed the badge and things. But from an Everton point of view, you you know he, he definitely did have a point to prove. So I can I can fully understand why why they went and went and brought him back for sure. Yeah, and again, I, th- I think you you said it well there. They, they brought a a heap of number tens in, and it, I was excited. I was excited by it. Uh, I think we'd gone through the first season with Ronald Koeman, identifying that we needed to, despite finishing seventh, you know, get better. And for me, he was a big part of hopefully getting better. It, it didn't quite work out. There were a couple of highlights, though. You've, you've mentioned there the, the great goal against West Ham, which is part of his only Everton um, hat-trick. He scored the goal against that lot in a Merseyside derby. It was a mm. definite stonewall penalty. And, and he, put it, he put it away at Downfield Road. And so, for me, they're the highlights of his second spell. It ended... 
it ended a little bit in chaos. Um, if, mm. if I revisit it, he was left out of the squad for the last couple of games. Did the manager at the time? Sam Allardyce was was sick of being asked about him at his pre-match press conferences. I was then seeing again the end of, of Wayne Rooney at Everton. And it just seems, I don't know, for such an amazing player, a boyhood Evertonian, who really, written in the stars, it should have been such a, a prosperous, special, emotional relationship between him and the club. It just never quite worked out that way. Um, and that second leaving of Everton to go to, to Washington and not play the last couple of games, it, it just, in a weird way, it seems a fitting way for him to leave because the I'll get on to his legacy. But for me, his legacy is more away from Everton. So when he left the second time, was it was that the right time for him to leave? Could you have seen him in a Marco Silva team or... or, or and again, memories of him leaving and, and your thoughts at the time. Yeah, as I've already mentioned, he was getting older when he came to yeah. us. And I, I think his, you know, I can't remember how old he was, 32-ish or 30. Uh, him being that age is different to a Ronaldo being that age. I think Lee, Lee touched on it earlier. He, he peaked very early physically. He started getting, you know, a little bit bigger, a bit stockier. He lost a lot of pace. Um, so he wasn't, you know, a 32-year-old nowadays. You know, you see Ronaldo still playing at 37. You really couldn't have done that. So he was at his 37, you know, when he sort of left us, I think. So I think it, it probably was the right time. You know, he, he was he was getting a lot slower. The, the Rooney we know and, and loved at Everton, it was absolutely rapid, pure, raw pace, running in behind defences. And he was a completely, completely different player when he when he returned to us. Um, not that it, you know he was he was still uh, you know a very good player, but he, he developed into something completely different. And with the pace of the game developing, um, you know high tempo, high pressing, sort of coming in, in in the last sort of five six years very intensely. I don't think it, it would it would have suited him anywhere near as much. And you know that's why he's gone from Man United to Everton to ultimately playing in the MLS, where it's, you know, it was at a snail's pace compared to what he, he's played at. Um, so, so yeah, I think, like I'd, like I'd already mentioned, he, he was at the sort of final couple of years of his of his career, really. So it was probably right right for him to move on. And, and it was definitely a lot less emotional this time around. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I remember in, in March of that year, it, it would have been 2018, at Merseyside Derby at Goodison Park. I think they played a very, very disjointed team because they were in the middle of a two-legged Champions League game. Um, and we dragged Wayne Rooney off during a game. And I, I think that was the point where I, I thought he was done. I don't think we've seen much of him since then. Mm. But look, just to put a full stop on the legacy, Matt, for me, it's such a shame, and, and I've touched upon it just then, is, is that a young Evertonian who... There's very, very public photos of him out there in Everton kits as a, as a young boy. A mascot at a Merseyside derby at Anfield with, with Dave Watson. I think he still puts out photos on his public social media of his children in Everton kits. An Evertonian in the city. Played for Everton on two occasions. And I've got a handful of his best moments because they all happened elsewhere. For me, football royalty. 
not so much Everton royalty. Is that fair? Yeah, definitely. And, and it is sad because, you know, realistically, he wanted to leave. He wanted to better his career. But mm. it, I don't think it mattered if he stayed at Everton for another three or four years. I think he still would have gone on to have the career he had because he was that talented. So I think it would have been nice to see him go, you know what, it's my boy at club. I'm being told, yeah, I need to move on. Fine. You know, he'll get that move eventually. But can he, you know, try and win something with Everton? Can he drag Everton into the Champions League or or UEFA Cup as it was? And, and you know, it, it would have been great, great for him to do that. And like you mentioned, yeah. have a bit more of a legacy with Everton because realistically it was it was not long at all. I think he played about, you know, 60, 70 league games in, in the first, yeah. in the first period. And, and yeah, you know, the career he had, you know, you can't, it's, it's difficult to look back and say, oh, I should have stayed. But as an Evertonian, as an Everton fan, you know, when you look back at yourself as a kid, dreaming of doing what he's done and for him to leave so soon and and then come back and not be the same player and not have the same effect he did when he when he first when he first came through. It, it is sad. It is sad. But as we've mentioned, he's gone on to be, you know, one of Manchester United's greatest ever players one of England's greatest ever players. For me, England's greatest ever player that I've seen in my lifetime. And, you know, and for me, the greatest youngster to have come out, come out of Everton Football Club. So, yeah, it, it's tough. It's difficult. And, you know, as I mentioned, we'd, we'd have loved to have seen him do more with Everton, but it wasn't to be. And, and you know, we can't, we can't fault his decision because he's gone on to have the, such great career he's had. So, yeah, yeah, difficult one. But, you know, what can we do? difficult it wasn't to be and we cannot fault his decisions i think that's a great way to end it matt looking at next week we will be putting four more options for shows on the twitter go over to at the bullens view and at some point maybe late this week early next week we're going to be looking at a brand new topic and you get to decide what we speak about it's the only interactive evidence show that you decide what we speak about. Matt, this has been proper Everton. We had the best talent ever. Nothing happens with him at Everton apart from four or five things, but we're here talking about him. From myself, Ian Mills, from Matt Smith, from Lee McLean, thank you for listening once again. To remember the name, we will see you again next week.